Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. If I had serious control issues and wanted to look like a star and be a kind of guru type teacher who has all the answers kind of thing, then I would be more prone to giving people things to say or things to do when they haven't done that work, you see? Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Over the next three episodes, we're going to explore one of the most critical dynamics in management. That's the difference between management and supervision, and how the confusion between these two concepts causes most of us to experience some combination of lost productivity or existential angst. We'll start things off today with some definitions, and by the end of the series, connect these concepts to the art of self-management through an exercise that can help you identify and reduce the amount of supervision in your life. This series is an excerpt from a live course I taught called The Art of Self-Management that's now available as an online course. It's free for clear and open members. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. Thanks for being here, you guys. I know I want to say uh, that in our in the world we live in today, actually going to the webinar you're signed up for is um, not always. <laughs> Rather than listening to the recording and doing it on your own time and in the days of uh, DVRs, remember TiVo when that came out? I appreciate um, who shows up because... Uh, I don't do nearly as well if I'm talking to no people or one or two people. It's uh, an audience that elicits things out of me that don't otherwise come out. And those who do actually show up, you get something personal to you because uh, I'm watching your eyebrows and your squints. And uh, you may not realize this, but your presence here dictates a lot of what I talk about, probably about half. Um, because I, I do listen really carefully. So uh, I've got some fun things planned today. Can I interject something? Please. Related to what you just said. Yeah, An hour please. ago, I showed up to a, a client's house uh, 12 minutes late. And the, the lady said, you are the most on time and punctual person I know. <laughs> now, I called her to tell her I was running late, but still I was late. And she's so that's just a. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I'm really quite convinced that just being on time or even communicating that you're not going to be on time, even that, which is almost the same, you know, when it's a reasonable amount of time, like 12 minutes, 
will immediately put you in the top 10% of any industry, especially remodeling handyman type stuff, you know, where industries, the industries in which that's particularly a problem. And then in certain cultures, like, you know, for example, in the state of Hawaii, if you can do what you say relatively close to when you said you would do it, I think you could make a million dollars in any industry. And uh, I see it all around me. So it is the single greatest business opportunity I think there is. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that. But then, of course, it's not just about being on time. I just, I introduced uh, Clear Workspace. Uh, open mind the organization course to a group of 14 employees yesterday who as a cohort, uh, whole company is going through it. And the theme of the talk was the course is about getting organized and it's not about getting organized. That's the content and context thing because in content, it's about showing up on time. In context, it's about turning over every stone in your life to see how you're making it so that you're not on time. And that could take you 10 minutes. Or it could lead you to divorcing your spouse. <laughs> you know, it could do anything. You don't know. That's that's why people won't do it. Is because it takes them on a journey. You know, like I talk about with the adventure of Frodo and the Ring. In content, it's about throwing the ring into the fire of Mordor. In context, you have no idea where it's going to take you or who you'll become in the process. And that's that's the surrender. You go, okay, this result matters to me. I'm going to surrender to whatever that process is. And I don't know what's going to happen, what it's going to do to me, how I'll change, but I'm ready to submit to that. And that's an unknown. That's a big unknown. And that's why most people would rather just, you know, be a little late. And why can't you be more understanding? That's way easier than turning over absolutely everything in your life to see what's happening, what's causing it. But the, the subtlety of that is fascinating to me. I, this happened to me two days ago. I had a meeting with someone who reminds me of a younger version of myself. So like, I see all of the things. Like, It's just like playing back Ed of 15 years ago. And we met at this coffee shop, and he was late. And uh, he texted me and said, parking, be there in a sec. I'm like, oh, that's funny because there are plenty of open parking spaces directly in front of the coffee shop. That's interesting, right? So from a right, so so from an authenticity standpoint, he was only seven minutes late. Like you know, it was within the societally acceptable fifteen minute window, right? Which most people go by, right? Yeah. He didn't have to lie, but he lied to me. So in our very first meeting, he had an unnecessary lie, and and again, a lie that I used to tell all all day long, multiple times a week. Mm. It was you know, I would do the same thing, and I'm like. That just told me a lot. Yeah. Like there's a lot of information conveyed just in that. So, yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, I, I just want to thanks for sharing that. Ed. Uh, um, yeah, I want to just sort of footnote that we're going to come back to that later. Hopefully, my mind can remember to bring that back around because I want to talk about um, the difference between chronological maturity and emotional maturity as it pertains to supervision and management. Because I would argue that someone, who lies unnecessarily like that in that way, I'd say that's operating at around a 10 to 12 year old emotional maturity, even though the person is physically an adult, right? And uh, we're going to talk more about that yeah. later. So, a cool sidebar I'm always up for talking about this kind of uh, organizational stuff. Uh, any digestions from the assignment uh, last week about values? 
not necessary. But if any any questions or digestions came up that anyone wants to share, now is the time. I found that very difficult. Good. That means and you really still, did it. <laughs> yeah, I did. And I found that, you know, the one of the words that comes up to me is efficiency. Because I highly value efficiency at a variety of different levels. But I don't, it feels like it's misplacing within the context of the assignment. No, I'd say it's, uh, it's, it's well on the way. I can, I, when you said efficiency, it felt really true. But the, um, the, the words are packages. They're like little presents that you unwrap and the meaning is in them. And sometimes, uh, you, you know, it's a useful skill to be able to feel what's in the package and disregard the package. And yep. efficiency is not the right package, but it's wrapping something true. Uh, yep. so I think you're onto something. I, what I would say is, um, what is efficiency at the level of being? Because mm-hmm. the package word called efficiency is a doing thing. I know it's more of a doing thing. What's, who are you being when you're being efficient? Because I can feel in you there's a respect and honor related to attention to things. And that expresses as a love of, of efficiency. Let me spend some more time thinking about that and go, yeah. go to the next layer. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thanks for bringing it. And yeah, I'm sort of teasing when I say, you know, about that it was difficult. Congratulations. And yeah, if this was easy for any of you or anyone, it either means you've done a lot of work on this already or you're doing it now for the first time. And uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, let me say that again. If this was easy for you, it means... I said two things, two sentences at once. If this was easy for you, it means you've already worked on it a lot or you didn't really take it seriously enough. It is a difficult thing. I mean, you know, it's like uh, people talk a lot about the, uh, uh, speculate a lot about the meaning of life. And this is uh, what in Buddhism they call an imponderable, basically a waste of resources to, to think about. But the meaning of your life that is a meaningful question. And when we talk about soul level values, that's what we're talking about, the meaning of your life. If that's really easy and you come up with uh, something like have fun, I don't think you're quite on the trail of what I'm talking about. Although that might be perfect for where you are at. And for seven-year-olds, it's absolutely perfect. <laughs> I I think this is super important um, to to take someone down that path because for something that's that's this valuable in your life to figure out what what your soul values are and, and then you're going to live by them and breathe by them, then I would love to see you sometime take someone down that whole discovery process, Joseph. Mm. Well, like the whole thing, that'd be fun. Uh, all right, let me, I appreciate the request. I love requests. What I, what I mean is, is uh, I think we all get stumped at the same point. Um, you know, I, I understand where Bob's coming from. Um, and sometimes it's a revelation. Sometimes it's something that's revealed to you when you least know about it, like you and I have discussed about mine. But I, I would love to see maybe just take one person down one value road, <laughs> if as it were. 
Yeah. All right. Let me think about that. That may be several sessions of the next course or something. But um, you know, in in a bite sized sort of moment, you just saw me do that with Bob. You know, it's and this is the the most speaking of efficiency. This is the most efficient way um, to lead people through it is to give them an assignment, get them excited about doing it, and uh, what you want people to do is take things as far as they can. And this ties directly to our topic today. Supervision is when people don't take things as far as they can, and then you've got to follow up with them or they ask for help before they really put the work in. But what happened between Bob and I just now is a really great example of management. He, he put the work in. How do we know? Because he didn't just say the word difficult. He emoted, oh, this was difficult. You could feel that. And then, then I register, okay, cool. Bob... Did, did he, he put effort into this? He took it as far as he could. And then he had a question. When someone takes something as far as they can, it's like the pimple forms a head. And then it's easy for the manager or mentor to pop it. So the way I work, and this is not really in my control, I'm just telling you how the mechanism works. And for other coaches, it could be different. But the way it works for me is when someone has wrung out their effort and they've got no more left and I've done this, this is where I've taken it and I need help here and ask a question. That effort, that, that, that squeeze the pimple to a head elicits out of me information. That, and if they're, if they're lazy and don't do that, that information in me does not come. Or I feel like I've got to squint my whole being but usually that it just doesn't come. And there's a number of reasons for that. Um, one of them, I think, is just to, to help someone who hasn't completely helped themselves is enabling. And that's a function of emotional maturity. I don't want to help someone who's not helping themselves because I've grown up enough that that registers to me, registers to me as, Ugh, I don't want to do that. Because it's not actually helping them. That's actually hurting them. So I don't want to give them an answer that they haven't worked for any more than I want to punch them in the throat. Because those exist equivalently to me. Right? That's not helping. That's codependent. In, in the work environment, we tell people, like, bring me, bring me a solution. Yeah. Don't bring me a, just a problem. Bring, bring, bring a solution and... Doesn't matter if it's the wrong solution, but it's what your solution is right now where you come to it. And then yeah. it's often much better to support that versus just, hey, something broke. What do we do? That's exactly the same principle because you're enabling them. You're not helping you. You're not helping them. If I were, if I had serious control issues rather than just the mild control issues that I still have, if I had serious control issues and wanted to look like a star and be a kind of guru type teacher who has all the answers kind of thing, then I would be more prone to giving people things to say or things to do when they haven't done that work. You see, it's, it's harder work. And I've had phases in my life where I've done that and experienced how it doesn't work. And it's actually more difficult to be patient and keep your mouth shut. And as you all know from having managed people, when you know the answer, you know you're at that choice point. Okay, they haven't put all of their all into it yet. You all know this experience. Uh, but I so want to give them the answer because I know what the right thing to do is. 
Now you've got an immediate gratification road in front of you or a longer term benefit road. It's the same thing. And getting better and better at choosing the long term benefit road, or at least first noticing that you have the choice, that's a hallmark of emotional maturity. And it's the difference between supervision and management, which is our topic today. Uh, but uh, to speak to what you're saying, so um, a lot of times when I'm working with people on something, I'll I'll do a number of those little moments. I, I want to. I want them to work their asses off to get whatever that thing is. And then when they've really hit a wall, then there might be some kind of intervention or technique or method. Or I'll say, you know, write a eulogy if you haven't already. Or you know, uh, write you know, right from the perspective of one of your kids talking about what they respected about you, or you know, something like that will come. But again. The I think part of the sort of spiritual aspect of it is that pimple phenomenon that their their squeezing of their own issue somehow elicits help from the outside, and I think that it does that with life itself as well. This is why we have the expression: uh, "There's no atheists in foxholes." Right when you're a in a really tight spot, somehow you're really open to feedback from the outside and help from the outside, and somehow it comes. Hmm. You mean help from the outside is elicited when you really, really, really want it and need it? Oh, that makes sense, right? Doesn't that make more sense? Let's use the spiritual perspective here. Doesn't it make more sense since in most religions, they say God is everywhere at all times and all places. So then if you don't experience it, that's on you then, right? Because it's already here. Truth, wisdom, information, it's already there. So it has to do with your openness to it. So your hunger, your pain, your consternation, that's what opens you up to information from, from uh, the person next to you or God. And, and one, at one level, there's no difference, right? So this, I, I talk about when I train coaches, especially the, the three pillars of change are people have to be hungry, in pain, and coachable. And it's the pain and the hunger that creates the coachability. They're at pain, the pain and the hunger are actually upstream because if someone's in pain and wants to be out of pain and they're hunger for something, hungry for something greater, then they're automatically more open to outside feedback. And so my experience is a better metaphor than pimple, perhaps, though perhaps not as entertaining. It's, it's like, uh, the way electricity works or the way plumbing works. It's like when someone's really hungry and in pain and they bring the question to me, it's like a circuit gets closed and the electricity moves or the valve opens and the water moves. I don't do it. It doesn't feel like it. I do anything. It's just when they're like, ah, oh, what, what do I do? It just comes through like a valve opens and I don't experience that I do anything. It just comes to me. And the, the more experience I have in doing that, the more humble I get because it doesn't feel like I'm doing anything more and more. I just listen. They're ready to receive something or they're not. They elicit something out of me or they don't. Sometimes I don't have anything in the moment and it's like, I don't know, and it'll come to me in the shower the next morning, like that. This is why most of the work of mentoring or managing is to squeeze people into a spot where they're in pain and hungry for something. 
You see, because even if they're not in pain and hungry for something and you do know the answer and you give it to them, most of the time they won't even use it because they never really wanted it. Right. So they've got to be itchy. And that's part of the art of mentoring. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.